0: Welcome, everybody. This is Drew Stevens with another episode of Wisdom to Wealth. I'm excited to bring this episode to you today. I have a very special guest in Sari Abraham. He is a financial specialist, private money lender, a real estate investor, and member of the Bank on Yourself organization. He helps business owners, real estate investors, and full-time employees grow safe and predictable wealth, regardless of the market conditions, using financial strategies that have been around for over 160 years. Sari started this journey when he was at grad school, completing his MBA. He worked for companies like Allstate, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Cigna, HealthSpring, and Umana before founding uh, the Financial Asset Protection Company, a financial services firm that focuses on one solo concept, the bank on yourself concept. Great concept, Sari. Welcome to the program. Excited to have you with us.
1: Hey, Drew. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it.
0: My pleasure. So how did you get into this? Uh, you know, from grad school and bank on yourself, love the ideology. Want to find out a little bit more about what you're doing and how you get it, how you get it all done?
1: Yeah so I was really intrigued at a young age about personal finance. I used to really my we had to take a class in high school. It was called consumer economics and it was a very basic personal finance class, right? It was how to write a check, you know, what is a, what is a mortgage? What is interest? What is a credit card? You know and I, and I really enjoyed that class because I think it was the most applicable class, you know, from from high school right. that actually applied. And a lot of people apply after, you know, growing up and going to college and getting a job. It's, you know, personal finance is very important. It's really important to understand how money works, how banks operate, how insurance companies work. You know, I think like regardless of what you do. So I wanted to devote my career to showing people these financial strategies. And it also led to our podcast, Thinking Like a Bank. So we have a podcast called Thinking Like a Bank. And it's exactly what it sounds like, right? It's a podcast about how to think like a bank. So we bring on bankers, we bring on accountants, lawyers, all types of professionals who share with us different strategies that banks use and other large corporations use that small business owners and individuals can, can use. So you don't have to be a large co- corporation to apply those strategies, but they're still applicable to individuals and small businesses. So that's my role. That's what I do. That's kind of like, I, I'm a big believer in education and, and wealth and wisdom and kind of thinking outside the box. So that's why I do what I do today and and for going on podcasts and talking about these strategies.
0: I think it's a great idea. You know, as I look at the market, there's a lot of volatility. We know that, you know, real estate, it's, as we're having this conversation, is down roughly between 8 and 11% by and large between... Commercial and and residential, and I think everybody sorry does exactly what you expect them to do, which is what you're trying to teach people. I'm going to go to a bank. I'm going to get a small business loan, and you know what? They're negated every single time. One of the favorite stories I love to tell is um, Mark Victor Hansen, who was turned down 37 times for Chicken Soup for the Soul because nobody saw the value of that. And it's Mm -hmm. interesting because business owners, you know. People that are entrepreneurs, they're looking for cash. And it's the yeah. old tried and true, use a bank, use a credit card, use of this. They need people like you. Um, And I also believe that real estate is also a great alternative investment. How about yourself?
1: Yeah, 100%. I think even when, as you mentioned, real estate being down 8 to 11%, I think real estate is still good because it's a tangible asset. People still have to right. live somewhere. If we look back at like 2008, like during one of the worst, worst real estate crashes of our, of our history of our time, uh, multifamily, you know, residential real estate was still people still was, were still living somewhere. Right. Exactly. So, and I think that if we apply that same logic to today, alternative real, real estate as an alternative investment is still, I think still beats the stock market. There's still risk involved, right. You know, you can't just right. think that it's going to be guaranteed, but it's still better than other investments because of the tangible parts of the, the assets and the need, the urgency, the demand, the need for people to live somewhere uh, especially in big metropolitan areas and i definitely agree absolutely. with you mm-hmm.
0: so what would you know it, with your asset protection what do you teach people what are the three or four people things that you would want people to know excuse me walking away from a podcast like this to say you know what that guy's got it He he's on his game but I, I need to know more
1: yeah absolutely i would think like so as you are Kind of going through different steps, or Different phases of of, of financial planning. You go through kind of like what are the the basic ones? Is how do you meet your expenses? And I think that a lot of people listening to this are probably already at that level. And then we kind of go beyond that. We go beyond. All right, so how do we with the extra cash flow we have? What do we do with that? We save that. We grow that in different assets and in different businesses. But now we kind of go past that past that stage as well. And now we're at the stage where we have we have wealth preservation. We have wealth preserved somewhere. I think that's where with asset protection, that's who I'm talking to. Right? I'm talking to the person who has the wealth accumulated. Now we need to figure out different ways of protecting it, right? You already mentioned the stock market. A lot of people might have money in IRAs and brokerage accounts and mutual funds, and it's exposed to the stock market. So I would try to hedge against that, not necessarily say take out all your money out of the stock market, because I don't know your financial situation, right? But I would pres- I would try to hedge against that. And then also hedge against some legal risks. I'm not an attorney myself, but there are also there are a lot of legal risks, right? When you have wealth accumulated, um, typically, you know, people, a lot of people get sued in, in, in plain words. There right. are a lot of vehicles out there, not a lot, but there are certain vehicles that are exempt from those types of judgments. You know, uh, a lot of the vehicles that we help our clients with are, and it depends on the state you live in. So my state, Illinois is a really good state for these types of vehicles. Florida is probably the best state in the country for protected assets vehicles like pensions, annuities, cash value, whole life insurance, and other things similar to that are usually protected from creditors and judgments and things like that because of their power, because people need those accounts to survive. They need them for their families. They need them for, you know, multi-generational wealth. So ju- judges and courts typically protect, the, they, they protect those from, from lawsuits and things like that. So I just, I, I don't like to, I don't like to give legal advice because I'm not an attorney but I like to introduce those general ideas to people in that once you reach a, reach a stage where you have this wealth that's accumulated, it's important to figure out how to protect it. Protect it from market conditions, protect it from taxes, protect it from creditors,
0: and other risks like that. No, it makes sense. Uh, you know, as you're talking, um, and as we prepped for this particular interview today, you know, some of it was focused on real estate, but you're bringing up some interesting things, things like pensions, life insurance, whether it's whole life or uh, indexed universal life. What are your beliefs in terms of protecting those assets? And how do you feel about them as, call it in today's market, an alternative investment? You know, I think most individuals that are either preparing for retirement, or individuals that are just seeking ways to accumulate wealth immediately become attracted, almost polarized to stocks and bonds. In the yeah. last few years, they've been polarized by cryptocurrencies and almost the you know if you will the meme stocks. Yeah. But what about what I would and because it's what I do as a financial advisor, I call them safe harbor investments. I call them alternative vehicles. Because they, real estate, as an example, is much safer. Life insurance is much safer. And it, as you're saying, protected. So what yeah. are some of your beliefs in terms of helping people understand educationally how to use those as a safe place to park money?
1: Yeah, yeah, good question. And and you're right, people tend to, like when, when it comes to preparing for retirement, they, they, they tend to... To, to stocks and bonds and in other vehicles, because I think they're taking a the convention. If you know, it's like it, it, it belongs to my belief system. I believe college is the right thing to do. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean it's right for it's right for everybody and the same thing with stocks and bonds is if if you wanted to grow your money someone would say you should put your money in the stock market because of a belief system they believe growing up they saw their grandparents doing it they saw their parents doing it they saw their teachers you know their college professors you know people who who were influenced in their life doing those certain things so then they believe them to they believe that you know is it true is it not that's a a different story you know It, it depends right but I think that one thing I like to teach people on and show clients and, and other people I'm speaking to is you want to think outside of those conventional realms you want to think outside of that you know no offense to anybody but a lot of people don't really understand how these vehicles work and how money works I like to put myself in the position of you know the large companies the banks and and one of them being you know using whole life insurance again it's not like 100% of people should use whole life insurance it, there's a lot to do to there's a lot to do there's a lot to know before implementing it good, but it does have tax benefits. It's kind of merged my thinking towards is tax benefits, asset protection, protection from, you know, safe harbor, like you said, protection from the stock market and other volatility. and And look for vehicles that have that. Don't necessarily look for the title of what it's called. What it's called is meaningless. What it could do is everything. So that's what I would kind of like change the thinking process for clients and and help them, you know, help them influence that type of uh, thought process.
0: No, great advice. I really, we really appreciate it. So, you know, let's look at it from a different parallel here. What is, what do we learn from failure? Let's say somebody goes into an asset and fails, screws it up, just says, you know what? I should have never looked at this at all. I really made a, a a bonehead move here. what What would you say that is a way to relieve some of that failure? Hey, sorry, you hear me? Sorry. Sorry? Sorry?
1: Yeah, I'm here. I don't know what happened. Sorry
0: about that. Yeah, it's, we got a glitch on the internet. We're good. Oh, I don't know if okay. you heard my question. We're good. Um, as far as failure, um, you know, what happens when somebody goes into real estate? Maybe residential, maybe commercial. Maybe they've looked for a loan to buy property. They wanted to scale somehow and and get into a fix and flip. Or I have investors that I work with on opportunity zones, as an example, and they're looking for several millions of dollars, but somehow the property never gets developed, never gets moves forward, I guess. So if we look at failure in that way, what are some of your pieces of advice for investors in that area?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you if you apply the same failure in real estate as to other places like in business, right? I'm a big believer in failure. I believe that failure is almost a prerequisite to success. It's almost a requirement to success. It's it's it, when you're failing in business, when you're failing in real estate, it's probably, you know, much further than where you were prior to failing. So right there, the failure itself is already a step towards progress. That's one part of it. The other part of it is I believe it's always a win-win. So if you invested in something and then you got your ROI, it's a win. If you invested in something and then you didn't get the ROI, you still get the, educa- the, the investment education. Uh, Robert Kiyosaki talks a lot about this, right? He talks a lot about in his book, Rich Dad Poor Dad, which I think every business owner, every real estate investor has, has read. Uh, he talks about the ability or the opportunity to learn about investments and that, how that's priceless. So if you invest in something and you don't get you lose money on that investment, you don't get the ROI you're expecting, you gain the investment experience from that and the investment investment experience you gain from that, I mean, it's priceless, right? It's that's that's what will get you to the next step. And I think you always walk away. I don't believe that you can invest in something, lose money and then completely walk away with nothing. I think you walk away with something, either the experience, the connections you gain from that, Something that you didn't expect to happen, and that and whatever you gain from that is going to be much further than what than prior to even trying. So, in other words, it's much better than not taking any risks at all.
0: Amen to that. What a great what a great uh, and astute way of looking at things. So if we're looking at failure and we're looking at where the market is right now, we have very high inflation of eight <laughs> and a half percent. We have a lot of volatility, mostly from my personal opinion, because everybody at this particular point is awaiting what's happening with the elections coming up in the next week and a half to two weeks. Yes. Where should people think about parking their money, their assets, based upon where we are right now? If everything that you talk about is to basically, I'm going to take it from a different perspective, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. if your asset protection but we do it from the perspective of cya which is cover yes. your assets yeah what what is some of your advice for the individuals that listen to you in terms of helping them cover their assets and making sure that they come out clean
1: yeah absolutely yeah it's going to take um look like it depends right on the situation of the client right like what what kind of assets are we talking about right now that they have where where are these assets located how much are they making per year or from their business kind of like inflow of cash in kind of the the money that they're earning I want to look at those things. And then from there, you know, look at what's important to the client, right? Like it's really hard to just make a, like a a general recommendation. I, if you you notice in the beginning, when you were mentioning my bio, I talked, you talked about private money lending, right? I like private money lending to real estate investors because it's part of the, the, benefit of real estate the tangible asset part plus it's a predetermined interest rate right so it's not depending on the s&p 500 it's not depending on a market index it's we're saying that you know i give you twenty thousand dollars today you give me back interest only payments for the next right. six the end of that six month period you know the principal only plus like a fee for that or however we want to negotiate it's a, it's a private sure. deal right right so the so the point is is that it's it's predetermined i like these types of Outside of the box investments, these alternative investments, I would introduce those to the, to the to the clients, right? Different different things, not just the ordinary stocks, bonds, mutual funds, IRAs, brokerage accounts that a lot of people are conditioned, they're conditioned, they're programmed to use, and, and not necessarily saying those are entirely bad because they're not, right? People they have their benefits, they have their the reasons for doing that, but I would diversify. I would look outside of that. I look to alternative investments, real estate being one of them. Look into passive investing into real estate, look into private money lending, look into whole life insurance, look into a combination of these things. Work with an advisor who kind of has a different perspective, not just who's constantly programmed to always flip back to the stock market. and then whether right. the stock market is up or down. I feel like a lot of people already have an answer for that. like, all right, the stock market is up good. keep your money in there. The stock market right. is down. Right. good. You have twenty more years left, keep your money in there. So it's like work with somebody and kind of look outside of that a little bit beyond that. So yeah, I hope that answers the questions, but I, I'm a big fan of being outside the box, thinking outside the box, if you
0: if you haven't noticed by now. No, great stuff. I love it. Absolutely love it. So here's the $64,000 question. How do people get access to you? How do people find you and get the information that they need?
1: Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. I, I appreciate that. So the, the best way is my website, thinkinglikeabank.com, which is our podcast name. So it's thinkinglikeabank.com. You can go to that website. You can find the podcast. You can find my YouTube channel, LinkedIn page, email address, me accounts to book an appointment with me if needed. All of that could be found at ThinkingLikeABank.com.
0: That'll be wonderful. Any um, Instagram or social media you want to share with it? Uh, yeah, I just
1: I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty uh, um, busy on LinkedIn. That's pretty much the biggest social media thing I use, and the LinkedIn is my first name, Siri, last name Ibrahim. and You could find that on the thinking like a bank.com.
0: Wonderful. Sari, I want to thank you so much for being on Wisdom, the Wealth. It's been a pleasure having you on the show today. And I hope you return at some point. We can do a part two if possible. Thanks, Drew. Thank you. My pleasure.